Welcome to another episode of Psalm and Sommer. Floyd and Aaron here again to talk to you about our favorite wine choices and some of not our favorite wine choices. But today we want to talk about something we tried at the store. So I contacted Aaron and I was and I said, listen, there's one of your favorite wines from the store, Ken Wright Vineyards. You know, I know you love the Shea Vineyard one. Uh, Ooh, one of my distributors is coming into the store. And they're going to, I'm going to taste a couple of their wines and some other Pinots. And I invited you to come back to the store because they had, they let me keep two of them. So I kept uh, two of the Shea Vineyard, uh, not Shea Vineyards, the Ken Wright wines. And I wanted to come to the store and taste them because I know you've been excited about just the wine in general. And also the labels were really cool. So it was one of your favorite wines from the store. So today we're going to talk about the Ken Wright uh wines that we tasted one was from i believe it's latchkey vineyard and it's a two, uh, 2017 and the other wine we're going to talk about is the tanager 2017 both from ken wright so i think i wanted to kind of jump right into it um and get down to our first wine and let's talk about the latchkey vineyard i think that's the first one we tried at the store and I want to see like what you think, and then I could talk about like what I was getting from the wine. But I just wanted to get your perspective on one of your favorite uh, low production kind of uh, wine. First of all, it's nice to take a break from the wines we've been talking about lately to <laughs> get to what you call today uh, a real wine. You know, th this is. This is exactly what I think people need to realize wine is. It is not about tremendous amounts of sugar. It's not about a concentrated inky color. It's about wine that's expressive. And what I like about the Ken Wright line is that there's no shortage, shortage of evolution with these wines. Like Every single time that I come back to a poured glass of Ken Wright, no matter what the vineyard is, there's always this kind of colorful rainbow or just mix of different types of tasting notes that just astonish me. So one time I'll go to it and I'll smell kind of clean cut grass. The next I'll smell tea bags, you know, and then I'll smell sour cherry. And what I like about these is they're not my favorites that I've had from Ken Wright, but they're highly expressive and dare I say they need to be decanted a little bit to really get that full aroma. Would you say that's pretty true? You can go there. I think you can. I think um, when I tasted some of these, um, the Pinot Noirs today, I had a selection of Pinot Noirs, just about a total of like 10 that the distributor brought, but these two really stuck out to me. And, and I could agree with you that, yeah, you know what? Decanted. I think all wine should be decanted in general. Most wines. I think that we fall into this trap where it's, it's only got to be a, a $500 or a $1,000 bottle and you have to decant it. I think that, yeah. you know, you can have a $40 bottle, a $50 bottle and still decant it. It needs to breathe. Wine is a living thing that needs air, needs oxygen to kind of get those notes out because some wines can really hit you with alcohol. And I think that's one of the things you talked about with the, I think it was the latch key. Um, I think your first impression when we were at the store and we were talking about this, we tried it was you said alcohol. Like, I think that was one of your things, like right off the, I think the nose, your nose was saying alcohol. Not right now though. Right now it sort of has a lot more of a pleasant, smooth quality to it. These wines are both very acidic and by acidic, I mean that in a bad way. I mean it more like you can't wait for that next sip because it's mouth watering. Uh, you know, I, you, I don't get tannins um, because it's obviously a Pinot. So it's got more of that kind of, uh, you know, very, very light bodied, smooth quality, but something about Willamette Valley is uh, we don't talk about this quite enough, but Willamette Valley wines in Oregon are a lot different than the Pinots that we talk about that come from California. They are a lot more on the dry, vegetal, earthy side. It's, it's my kind of jam. It's my kind of 
sort of forte, so to speak. I love these kinds of wines in general because I can talk about them for six episodes if we need to. Yeah, a lot of these Oregon ones, uh, what I love about Oregon Pinot Noirs, it, it's Burgundian. It's Burgundy. It can has. You, can, you, can you explain to people what Burgundian means? So Burgundian, I think that, you know, I've always said the story of like when I first bought the store about how I always thought about wine. So coming in, you know, wet behind the ears, you know, I would always say like, oh, my God. Like, I remember I tasted a wine with one of my distributors, um, Angela. And her portfolio was mostly French wines, right? She was her portfolio was heavy burgundies. And I remember when I first bought the store and I first met her, I tried a couple of burgundies and I said, you know what this reminds me of? It reminds me of like the Oregon Pinot Noirs I taste all the time. And she was like, no, 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 no. You're looking at it backwards. It's you're not supposed to say that. And I said, what do you mean by that? And remember, I don't know anything about wine. I was a beer guy, liquor guy. Like I was never a wine person. And she's like, you know, that the style that they come that they create in Oregon is it's Burgundian. It's from Burgundy. So I think Burgundy wines have a little bit of Oak, a little, it it has this, this true complex feeling of a wine where you're getting certain, you know, you're getting earth, you're getting like how you said, like we have a different version of like what earthy means. Right. I think in the store you said stone, you're like, you get these different flavors. I get earthiness, a little bit of Oak, little bit of earth that goes I say I say gravel gravel, gravel. there you go gravel like That's like cool. meaning there there's something there's something very- terroir is what is that the everybody uses that word terroir it's like where Ter- is it from <laughs> terroir is a bullshit way of saying <laughs> dirt <laughs> no no it's a fancy way of saying dirt yeah so like i said i mean it's hard for me because i'm so damn attracted to the bottle and how it looks that i don't want to let my emotions kind of override but what Ken Wright does, in my opinion, is they take a bunch of flavors and they sort of just hit you in the face and they say, you want the saltiness? We'll give you the saltiness. You want a little bit of this, like this like kind of ham savory note? Ham, yep. Like, you know, like a yeah, hamon, ham. hamon, is it it? Hamon. Oh, there you go. Hamon. Um, do, you, do, you, do you want a little bit of this sort of tea leaf type smell? Like I almost think of like chamomile or black tea, the way that that tastes. Yeah. All these different kind of conflicting yet non-sweet notes, they hit you with it. And so it's funny that, you know, we'll get very, very distinct kind of tasting notes and um, smelling off the nose, but we sort of – kind of peel the layers and we say, oh, but did you get this? Did you get the orange peel too? And I would say that these Pinot Noirs are not too different, but there's definitely differences between them. Let's quickly start with the latch key. I think that you mentioned the latch key off the bat. I get what you said was that kind of non-sweet, not maraschino cherry, but like that very kind of sour cherry mixed in with um what i call that kind of gravelly effect medicinal for sure medicinal yeah and i I, and you know talking about like the burgundian feel right we get that you get that dry you get that earthy you get that you know that that salty hammy kind of feeling from her burgundy right some of the more elegant ones have nice feels right and remember everybody out there listening this is all subjective this is not like this is not like we're telling you the Multiple multi gospel. <laughs> this is not the gospel, right? We don't say this is what you should taste anytime you drink a Burgundy uh, Pinot Noir from Oregon or California. We're just kind of enlightening you that there's different types of flavors that me and Aaron can sit here, agree on some and disagree. But with this latchkey one, it was like, I think on the nose, I got very like very young cherry. And you're right, kind of like that sour, not ripe enough yet cherry. And I got like a little bit of spice, a little bit of oak, just something. There was a, this earthy spiciness that was there, just a hint of it. Hint. I, I told you that I got this kind of faint clove, something something like, I you know, I hate using that stupid term allspice, but, and it's not nutmeg, but like it's the, it's almost like if you, you ever you ever smell something and then when it kind of dies down, you get a faint smell of it left over. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, like when you went, when you go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that last faint smell. <laughs> like, like when people come in the store after you took a shit break and they're like, hmm, you know, I, I, I think. I think I smell something in here. Is it, is it the is it the wine? It's like yes, it's, it's the terroir from it's the wine. A, it's the terroir. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what no. you're whiffing. It, it, it's it's almost like when a really obnoxious Glade candle runs out, and yet there's still that whiff of it in the air. It's sort of like I get a little bit of this kind of clove that it's almost like it shouldn't be there, but it's subtly there, and I like it. Yeah, and that, and I think that's what's funny about this wine right it's subtle it's subtle flavors that kind of get you like i can taste a little bit there's a spice note i can't quite pick up you're saying clove there's some all spice there you know what i mean even though you hate to use that word it's like there's something there that, but it's faint i think the medic it tastes like it's a medicinal cherry flavor once you drink it it's kind of like in a good way. It's not like a heavy, you know, it's not like or anything. Yeah. It's not Robitussin. It's not heavy like that, but it's just a little bit of medicinal and it still gives you that salty hammy, but not super heavy, not super obnoxious. It's just very faint. It's very light. It's very easy going, easy drinking. And I think I can appreciate this wine because it is easy drinking, right? Remember we've had Shea, right? Shea Vineyard. And if you drink Pinot Noirs from Burgundy, Oregon, or California, the first thing I think, and I think we drank this with your friend at the store, the uh, Shea, all three of us were like, dude, I taste like black tea. Like it tasted like black tea. And the flavors were not those flavors that you get from a Pinot Noir when we tried the Shea. It was like a total different mouthfeel. No, it it was something that begged to be paired with like a salty meat or charcuterie it meaning was totally different. Th- there was no fruitiness to it whatsoever this has fruitiness but it has like this kind of like i said it, it has subdued medicinal and citrusy notes definitely some citrus going on here um i think that we both agree this this begs to be paired with complex cheeses complex soft cheeses because it almost like almost like nutty cheeses if that makes sense like something something uh god i i've been thinking about it all day what's what's that what's that creamy cheese it's not blue cheese it's not brie but it's it's almost looks like it has like goat cheese in it but it looks like a a two-toned looking cheese I know which I can't think of the name, but I can see it in my head when you're talking about it. It's like a two-tone cheese where it's like one color and then another color. I can't think of it, but like I agree with you. It, it creamy, needs, creamy, it needs creamy cheeses with it. it. Needs character. It needs something to kind of help it out. Like it needs a hype man. If this was like a rap video, and this is a rapper, you need to have the hype man in there with this this wine. I think of it like a rapper that needs a hype man to get it hyped. Up to need it, to get it amped up, it needs something with it, right? I think solo, it's good, but I yeah. think something needs to get in there to kind of really build it up and you know get you all hyped about it. It's it's like Dr. Dre and Eminem; they they they, yeah. they need they need each other for certain songs. Otherwise, or like, or like Snoop, right? Dr. Dre and Snoop. It goes back to our Cali Red conversation. It I don't needs. Wa- I, like- don't wa- I don't want to bring. Up- you don't want to go back there. I don't want to bring up Cali Red. Well, no, we are talking about a fine wine here. I, like I said, you know, Cali Red is a three. I haven't gotten to rating this yet, but I would say the winner pairing wise for this are certain types of nuts like almonds, walnuts, pistachios. Um, oh, pistachios for sure, and then certain cheeses. And you know, um. I, I think that this is a solid Pinot Noir that I think that I call it a think piece. I call it the kind of Pinot Noir that people can say, listen, if you just stop for a second and stop gulping it, can you tell me what you think of this wine? And what can, can, can you be challenged to tell me what you smell, what you taste, what you enjoy about it? Because I'll tell you, like when I first had it in the store with you, this is my first time having Ken Wright from this vineyard. Wasn't a fan. I said the alcohol content on it is overwhelming. But the thing is, I realized 
it needed oxygen. It needed to breathe. This, this is, this is like, this is like a newborn baby. It needs to, it needs to sort of be out in life and be out in the open and kind of spread its wings a bit. So going from Latchkey, what's the second one that we tried today? So going from Latchkey, uh, we went to Tanninger Vineyard. Okay. So this is another vineyard. So what people should know out there is if you look up Ken Wright, Ken Wright is a vineyard. They have multiple plots of land, multiple vineyards, and they produce Pinot Noir. So like that's their specialty. They produce great Pinot Noirs, but they have all these different plots of land from different parts of, you know, Oregon. So it's like, you know, Yam Hill, one could be from Dundee Hills, a lot of different places all around that they pull these grapes on. And they're not blended. They're not saying, okay, we're going to take here and blend it with, you know, this plot over here. It's strictly from that plot of land. So that's why they name it all these different, you know, names like Shea, Tanninger, Latchkey. They're all Pinot Noirs from these specific vineyards. And they also have these really cool, cool, funky labels that I really enjoy. And I know you're a big fan of them. But the next one we talked, we tasted was called Tanager Vineyards, another 2017. So the first one we had, Latchkey, was from Dundee Hills. Okay. The second one we're having right now is from Yam Hill. So it's another part of Oregon that is known for kind of producing some really solid Pinots out there. So I know when I opened this bottle... I on the nose, right off the nose, it was hammy, salty, like almost like a warm, like sunny day. It was kind of like this feel about it on the nose. That's strictly the nose. And it just automatically, if you blindfolded me and you said, what do you think this is? I would have said it's a it's a Pinot Noir. It's a it's Oregon. You blindfolded me and tied me up and threw me in the car. (laughs) So, and then it had, and you could, and what's funny is like, I've, I don't know if this is like recent for me, but like, I've just, I smell something and I'll go, it's, it's going to be dry. Oh, it's going to be a fruit bomb. Oh, it's going to be so sweet. It didn't have that. It had this nice, beautiful, dry, like I said, hammy, salty smell to it. So I knew I was in for a treat. Compared to what we've been doing, where we've been tasting like these heavy oak, sweet, sugary killers bombs of wines. Yeah, killers. killers. Like, I don't understand how people can put that wine in their body. But like, it was so nice to get these two wines because finally we're getting back to like real good stuff. Finally. So this one, like I said, on the nose, man, I got that. We've only had two bad wines. You're like, finally, <laughs> finally, I'm free no. at last. I couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore, man. My body, like I said. I woke up the next day after our Josh review and my body was in a coma, man. I think this episode would have been Floyd and Aaron are in diabetic comas, right? That's, that was our joke, but this it's, it's, it's amazing. The difference in wines, but I won't go back to our last two. This, this, this this is, this is delicious by the way. Like I'm, I'm drinking this with a pleasure of drinking it. Like with the Josh and with the 19 crimes, it was hard getting past even one glass. With this stuff, it's like, oh my god! Like this, to me, this is like delicious tea that you just want to keep on drinking and drinking and drinking. And you know, I don't feel sluggish. I don't feel like crap. I, I feel like I'm literally having like the bountiful gift from God from Oregon yeah. right now. Well, it's it's delicious. Know, it's I feel like we're we're like supersize me the movie. If you remember mm-hmm. that from years ago about McDonald's where the guy just ate McDonald's nonstop. It's that's how I felt after like one sitting with Callie Red and Josh. I felt like I'm gaining 500 pounds. I'm obese. Yeah. I'm overweight. I'm sluggish. I have no drive to do anything. I want to take a nap at two o'clock in the afternoon. And I think it's just such a pleasure to come back to like this because it's just it's it's poetry. It's beautiful. It's like we're back to where it we should be. <laughs> we had a lot of fun doing those episodes and ruining our bodies just to make a good podcast video. But like this wine, going back to Tanager, I think the nose on it was amazing. And I think that taking a sip of it, it was not medicinal, right? I would say like medicinal was the first one when we tried Latchkey. The Tanager was not medicinal. It was like 
bright cherry. It was like just a nice ripe cherry, not sour, but cherry. Candied kind of. Like a candied cherry or a candied strawberry. It was like something really nice about it that you can get on the nose and then you can have when you're sipping it. And I thought that it was dry, just the perfect amount of dryness. And remember, for the last two episodes, we haven't had dry wines. It's been fruity. So this was nice to have a nice dry wine that you expect. I, I, I just really thought these two wines were solid picks. And I really enjoyed tasting them and getting back to this. I think that the uh, – I keep on thinking of like Tangier Cas- Casino from um, Tanager. Yeah. <laughs> You're thinking of Casino. <laughs> I'm thinking of Robert Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci drinking this. I, I think that the second one reminds me of something that you would have on an Indian summer day with some peaches out in the porch. You know, like I, I think it's something that – you know how we talked about how sweet goes with sweet? Well, th- this, this is talking about fruitiness going with fruitiness. I think that this would go with, with like – um, again, strawberries, raspberries, uh, you mentioned cotton candy. I, I, I think of just kind of candied fruit, yeah. like a spread of red candied fruit on a porch as a sun setting. Yeah. Like, Whereas I, I think of, I think of candy too. It's like, I think of like my daughter making candied strawberries, right? She makes candy strawberries, she dips the strawberries in this candy it hardens. It just tastes like that. It just has this candied. It's a nice treat. Strawberry. It's a nice treat, refreshing treat. That's why I thought it was so interesting to have that versus where we went with Latchkey. It was just so different that now have that different dynamic that comes in. So when we talk about ratings, I, I keep on battling in my head because I'm thinking like if we keep on rating stuff higher and higher, what happens when we get to the best stuff? What happens when we get to like the 10s? Do we call them <laughs> 11s and 12s? But I, I think the ratings are more intended not for us but for you, meaning the listeners, the people that say, listen, we want a recommendation based upon if we buy this and we drink it or pair it the same way that Aaron Floyd are saying so – how would they rate it in regards to giving us the buy alert or the thumbs up or thumbs down? And I think that to rate something a three means just don't fucking buy this. Or to rate something a five says buy at your own risk, but we would say this is average at best. So I'd like to know from you, from that sort of uh, consumer standpoint, let's start with the latchkey. Um, again, to recap, I think that we can both agree that there's this medicinal, earthy, natural cherry feel. Not a whole lot of sweetness going on. Mostly a lot of these kind of dry, subtle flavors. I I mentioned clove. I got a little cinnamon just now. Incredibly smooth, mouth-watering, delicious. Will go fantastic with complex cheeses, nuts. And I think it will actually go really good with certain types of uh, charcuterie. I, I would probably not veer to say that this should go with like a heavy duty steak or substantial meal. This, this is more of to me like a rich man's appetizer wine. Yeah, I agree. But, uh, go time. How would you rate this? I'd, it's tough. It's you're right. I don't want to be like, okay, so we had Cali Red and we gave it a three, and then we had Josh and we gave it a this, and then all of a sudden our scale just gets it just goes up to the top, right? Just because we start just because we're tasting wines that we're not super thrilled about versus wines we're excited about. You you don't you don't want to judge wines like that. So I look at this wine and I say to myself, man, I'm gonna compare it to the other Pinot Noirs and the other Ken Wright that we've had, which is the Shea, right? And I think Shea is kind of like what I'm going to look up to when it comes to this Ken, these Ken Wrights, right? Oh, really? Okay. I'm, I'm looking at it from that standpoint. Because I think about the Latchkey. Latchkey to me is a summertime wine. You know, it's a, it's, it's a starter wine. It's an appetizer wine. It's meant for charcuterie. It's meant for, it's meant for ham. It's meant for salami. It's, mel- it's, it's meant for that stuff. It's meant for soft cheeses, goat cheese kind of like that. I think it's one of those wines that will just kind of you open it, you sit down in a lounge chair and you stare at the sunset and you have just like these light fairs and there's just a nice summer breeze, you know, like just cool breeze blowing through. So 
what I rate this, I would give it a six and a half. I would give this one a six and a half because I just think it's for what I'm expecting from Ken Wright and what I expect from like Pinot Noirs from Oregon. I would give it a six and a half because I'm expecting a little bit more punch, as I like to say. I'm a, I, I expect a little bit more, especially from Oregon, where you're supposed to get like the really heavier, fuller burgundy style wines. I would give this latch key, I would say a six and a half. I would disagree with you and give this a seven just because I do think that you can try this wine and say, oh, man, the alcohol content on this is pretty powering or, you know, I'm not thrilled about this, but this wine tends to be manipulative, sneaky. It will change its profile as you drink it and it will sort of change its stripes a little bit as you pair it with different foods. Uh, One thing to keep in mind too is people are not inclined to probably think the same way as me or you because when they see the sticker price on this wine, they're going to think I'm expecting a 10. You know, you sold me a dog shit product and what I think this retails between 50 and $60 each wine actually. Yeah. Right. Uh, Meaning a, Somebody will bamboozle you and probably sells for 80 if they can. Mm-hmm. But I, I think that realistically, you could probably get this anywhere between uh, $50 to $60. So for me, I think a lot of people are going to be outraged by this because they're going to think, I didn't have the best wine in the world and I spent 50 bucks or more on it. And, you know, again, it, it's wine. The good wines start at $25. They start at $25. So $50 to me, you're getting a very interesting, very um, elegant type of style of wine that you can probably pour for six or seven people in small pours and have a really cool experience. So let me ask you this. So this, this particular one, we're talking about latchkey only this particular, I'm on latchkey. Only latchkey. So if I told you, you spent 50 to 60 bucks on Latchkey. And you're going to sit there and say, well, it's from Oregon. It's 50 to 60 bucks. It's it's not doesn't have that same mouthfeel, doesn't have that same nose. Would you would you think or feel somebody would be disappointed in trying that wine? Because I mm-hmm. think somebody would like mm-hmm. I would buy this and go. Mm-hmm. I spent all this for this, and this is not how they usually taste. Yeah, because this is again, I've had twenty-five dollar bottles of Oregon Pinot that taste similar to this. You're you're buying a few notches up, so I would spend fifty or sixty bucks on something like this. You would spend fifty or sixty bucks on something like this. The average consumer would say. I'm used to spending $30 on a bottle of Willamette Valley Pinot Noir. Why would I possibly spend 50 bucks for something comparable? And I always say, listen, Ken Wright Wright does something that a lot of producers can't. They offer you a product that has an evolutionary quality to it. A lot of wine drinkers don't give a shit about that. <laughs> no, they, they don't. A lot of wine drinkers don't give a shit, man. Again, we're talking about the same people who drink Josh um, and Yellowtail, and they drink this stuff over and over again. They don't give a shit about what we're talking about. So if we said that this wine was 15 or 20 bucks, people would be flocking to this stuff. Oh, yeah. and that, and that that uh, But I think that's the point of like – I think when it comes to this stuff, it's like people are just not – if I was a customer, an average customer, I would say this doesn't do it for me. This is not what I expected from Oregon. This is not what I expected for 50 to $60. This doesn't have that appeal. And I think somebody like you, because I, I know how you talk about wine. Like if I poured this for you, if you bought this at the store and you drank this, you would have told me, it's good, but it's not worth sixty dollars. I, I don't think it's worth fifty or sixty bucks to me. But I think like if this you wine to 30, me is like 30, what, like a third exactly. Like that's what I was about to say. I would expect that 
what we had today and what we tasted, I would say $30, okay, I'm okay with. But I think once you start going into that $50, $60 range, you're, you're, you're expecting a little bit more. Of course. So I flip it back to you. What would you rate the Tanninger or the Casino Pino? <laughs> casino Pino. I think the tan the Tanninger was a lot different for me. So Ken Wright is amazing in this way that all of their wines, and I think they have 10, 14, whatever, they have a bunch of different vineyards. And I think what's amazing about their product is every single vineyard is a different taste, a different flavor. It's totally different. They're not the same. Comes from the same family, same mother and father, but every child is different. It comes from the same company, but yes, it, 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 it doesn't company. mean shit. It doesn't mean shit, but it comes from the same company, but their plots are producing some different flavors that are crazy where you would say, man, I would expect this. I would expect that. I, I'm looking for this. The Tanager or the Tangiers, as you like to say, it, it's... I'm going to give it a seven. I'm going to raise it by a half a point from the six because <laughs> you, listen, you listen, I, I, it's a step up for me. So what I really, truly, the reason I asked my distributor to keep these two bottles, not just for you to taste was for me to sit there and try again later in the day with the bottles open, a little bit of breath. It, the flavors went from light. They started getting a little bit bigger, right? It started, the, the flavors started to change as time went on, but each vineyard, these two vineyards were offering me something different. It kind of took a step up. Would I pay 50 to 60 for this bottle? No, mm -hmm. I would expect to pay 40 for this bottle, right? I would say, okay, this bottle, the other one was $30. I would expect it, it tastes like a $30 bottle. This one I would say tastes like a $40 bottle. It has more, it offers more, it has more flavor more complexity it offers a lot more things that you're typically looking from an oregon pinot noir like that's how i felt when i drank this i felt okay now we're starting to get into oregon now we're starting to get a little bit heavier like this wine i would pair with like sharp cheeses i would pair with like some charcuterie it has the way it doesn't need a hype man this wine it doesn't need a hype man it's like the first one did that's why i said it's like a wrapper with a hype man the first one needs it the second one, kind of, you can have a concert with that person in a small venue. This Tanager, good rapper, doesn't need a hype man, has a small venue, 2,000 people maybe. It's doing it, and I would expect to pay that. So that's why I give it a seven, because now we're taking a step up. Okay. Oh, oh, I don't like your face. What are, what are you going to say? You're going to blast it, huh? <laughs> I, I think if this, I think if this podcast, more specifically this episode, was – a competition or a fight, <laughs> like a title fight. I think that you'd be the bitch. <laughs> I think that you'd be the bitch. The, the uh, but what why? It called? Wait, wait. I, I, I'd be the upsetter or the uh, the sleeper. Well, yeah, you'd be the sleeper. Why? Why? It, why would you be? And that's the thing too. It's it's like I feel like that guy that reviewed Nineteen Crimes be like, this wine's good because it's good. It's Listen, like, you gave you gave Josh a five. You were like, you know what? Not that bad. I can see why people buy this wine. That was your, your review of Josh. So, okay. <laughs> if you talked about Shea and everybody listening, Shea is not what we reviewed today. Shea is in its own sort of league. Yes. Shea, I think we both agree, is sort of like a gold standard in a sense. Not in a sense. In a sense. Of the Ken Wright line, it's a gold standard. It's the best one I've had so far. Me too. Um, I think that if you're talking about levels of quality, I think that if Shea is the best, then what offers the least is probably the Tanager. And what offers something in the middle, to me, is the Latchkey. I think that you think the opposite way. And I tend to think that if anybody buys the Tanager, they're going to say, this is every stupid Pinot Noir I've ever had. It has that fruity quality to it. It's easy to drink, but there's nothing to it. I think that the Latchkey has – the reason why I give it a seven is because it's a Pinot with complexity. It's a Pinot with character. It's a Pinot that tells a story. I think that the Tanninger is just 
to me, it's just, it's, it's flat. It doesn't, it doesn't do anything for me. Maybe, maybe if I went back to it again, I'd say, all right, I get different tastes this time, but you know, I, I would probably rate the Tanninger off the bat of five and a half. I, I would, I would, I would say for the everyday person looking to buy, I say, if you want to try something different, if you want your 50, 60 bucks to get justification, price justification, Go for something that's going to smack you upside the head and tell you this is what wine can be versus the same old bullshit that you've been trying. But guess what? You get to spend 30, 40 bucks more. So, yeah, yeah. that's amazing because I think, like I said, I, uh, I tend to like things that have a little bit more weight. I like things that have a little bit more body. And when I taste some of these wines that come into the store, it's no weight. It's like something that doesn't leave a lasting impression. It's that's how I felt about Latchkey. I'm not saying Latchkey was bad. So please, people out there that are listening, no, Latchkey is not bad. Uh, all this wine is good, by the way. This wine is good. It offers different things. So when I look for a typical Pinot Noir, I'm looking for something that's dry. I'm looking for something that has more of those strawberryish, cranberryish, cherry, but not a sour cherry kind of fruit. I want my wine to have weight. I want my wine to have close to a, you know, a Oregon or a Burgundy feel. So when I match these and when I look at these, I'm saying to myself, man, dude, if I'm looking at the first one, I'm saying, wow, this is very light. It's okay. It's good, but it's not what I would expect, right? Same thing with Tanager. It's something like, you know what? It's not exactly what I would expect, but it's a little bit closer than Latchkey. Latchkey is very light. It's easy drinking. It's kind of like a lager. You know, where everybody says, I just want something easy to drink. Oh, drink a lager or drink a Corona. It's very easy to drink. This is a very easy drink. It's a drinkable wine. It's like one of my favorite things when you just want, you know, you don't want to hype up wine or when you go to a store. It's drinkable. Yeah, drinkable. Oh, thanks. Okay, I'll grab it. But I think these two wines are great. Honestly, I know we disagree in the terms of the ratings, but I think both of them are really good wines. And I think Shane, I think um, Ken Wright Vineyards are producing some really good wines. And like I said, what's amazing is, man, they have all these little plots that produce all different tasting wines. That's what's amazing about them. Yeah. And again, in terms of ratings, I think that we have a very, very interesting way of rating wine because I always say anything from zero to five is going to be to me anywhere from not consumable to somewhat tolerable, right? Like I think five is as high as it goes in terms of saying, listen, it's tolerable. I don't necessarily like drinking a wine like this though. But once you get past five, you start getting into sort of, I think we can agree the wines that you sort of like to talk about, enjoy talking about. You're not just doing it as a goof. Like I think that five is sort of like a Josh where you could say, <laughs> I didn't feel good afterwards, but you know what? I, I, I could have a few sips of this and, you know, enjoy talking about it. Whereas a zero is basically me like, you know, pulling the back of your head and making you drink uh, rubbing alcohol. <laughs> exactly. Which we're going to do <laughs> next episode. <laughs> next episode. But let's talk about something else that we did at the store that I found very interesting. And I, I think you posted it on your Instagram page at the chosen line. Um, Wait, can I, can I stop you for a second and just talk about yeah, one thing before you talk about what course. we did? Of course. Let's talk about for both of these, the sexy, just I like I, I got turned on the color of these wines <laughs> the, just doesn't pouring it the, the look of it isn't it just breathtaking not it's just beautiful. not the bottle but the actual color of the wine i think the color of the wine is because what we've seen the last two episodes that we've recorded is like squid ink and it covers the glass and you have to like really scrub it down i think the beautiful color of this wine is like it's just a natural color it just has a natural feel to it it's like buying a pair of Nike, you know, like air mat, you know, it's just like a Nike air air force ones, like the old school air force. It's just fresh. It's like, it's like old school. It's just classic. That's why I love air force one Nikes. It's just like this classic look. And that's how this wine was. It was classic. It was just beautiful. (laughs) Finally, finally, Aaron, finally. So, so so what would, so what would Josh and 19 crimes look like? Crocs? (laughs) 
Probably, probably. It, it just, it just was nice to see like this color that's not manipulated. It's not, yeah. you know, it's, it's, it's treated nicely. But it was, it was a good look. About time to get like to something that actually it was for. It looks beautiful, silky, Sil very beautiful. So I'm sorry. Now, yeah, no, no, no. So oh, now oh, we gotta, we, we gotta get into, like I said, what you posted on your Instagram page and what we're gonna hashtag tonight. It's hashtag. Cuvée? What 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 was the hashtag we were talking about in the store? What were we trying to do at the store? Cuvée. Uh, yeah, we, so we, explain it. Explain yourself. Cu cuvée is when you take two or more of something and you sort of make your own kind of Frankenstein mixture of it. Um, it's actually a really cool thing that me and my friend do with bourbons is we take like a decanter and pour a little bit of bourbon from each bottle we have and see what the mixture is going to taste like over time. Sometimes it tastes delicious. Sometimes it tastes like complete shit. Uh, but sometimes it's cool to kind of take different stuff and cuvee it. Sometimes it doesn't work as much when you're talking about stuff like beer. Like you wouldn't take a lager, a Pilsner, an IPA and mix it. Cause it's going to taste like shit. <laughs> it's going to taste like shit. <laughs> you know, it's like, you can't take like a Sprite, Dr. Pepper and orange soda and expect it to taste great. Just like you can't take a cheeseburger pizza and donuts and put it in a blender and say, ah, you like that? It's good. Right. You like that? <laughs> I think that certain wines, especially wines that taste sort of alike, I like to play with it a little bit. Like I like to say, listen, like, you know, let's let's try doing this. The Coke and 19 Crimes Snoop Dogg Cali Red blew your mind. It this, did blow my mind, yep. This sort of didn't blow my and, mind. And so did Josh, by the way, because I did it with Josh after we stopped recording. I took soda and I put it in there. And it tasted much better with the soda. So continue. Continue. <laughs> I'm sure Ken Wright, if they see my post, because Ken Wright does tend to sometimes like my stuff. I think that they might restrict me on uh, Instagram. <laughs> I just say, I, I, listen, it's obnoxious. It's a little bit, it's a little bit uh, arrogant. But I took both wines and I mixed them together. And what I got was this rounded out flavor. And we both agree it's rounded out. Oh, rounded you, out. You didn't like it. I really liked it. It, it. it rounded it out, but it was too much going on. It was too many different type of flavors. Remember, to me, these two wines were different in a lot of ways. Okay. And to have, let's say there's four unique flavors in... Four unique distinctive flavors in Latchkey. Four unique dis distinct flavors in Tanager. And we put all those flavors together and we got eight different flavors. Yes, we added the wines together and made it round. But how do you sit there and go, okay, I taste this. I taste eight things now versus four things, which made it so much nicer, so much easier, a better flow. While you're sitting there drinking it and saying, I love this. I'm sitting there going, it's way, it's an overkill. It's way too much. Because I didn't need to think about it as much. I I, I thought it was the oh, exact it was the exact yeah. opposite. If if we taste we if we tasted four different things in each wine with the Latchkey and Tanger, I tasted maybe two different things. It's funny because your palate played one trick on you, where my palate played another, meaning I tasted less and enjoyed it more as just a great, nice, fuller sipper. And you sort of taste like, like over processing, over processing. I tasted right. Ro robot brain. Sour. <laughs> so you're, you imagine tasting sour cherries, ripe cherries, dark cherries, salty ham, spice, earth, it's just and medicinal cherries, by the way. Don't forget that one. So all these flavors packed into one, you're going to taste the difference. It's if I put bad grapes with good grapes to process wine and put it in a bottle, you'll taste the difference. That's why they pick the bad grapes out. I think if you put too many flavors, you're defeating the purpose and you're 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 overkilling this wine. I think my brain was sitting there while your brain was loving it. My brain was going... 
dude, there, it's there's too much going on. I felt like I felt like I had ADHD. Like I felt like I couldn't figure out what was going on in my brain. My brain was tasting too many different things. You know, it it, it kind of brings me back to this whole idea that like there's nothing wrong in the wine game. You're supposed to try different things. You're supposed to like experiment a bit. Um, I just think that in general, uh, this is a certain kind of experience when you have this wine. Mm. I, I, I would say my last question to you would be who would you recommend this wine to? What do you mean? Who would I recommend this wine to? What do you mean? What people would you recommend this wine to? Because you know, it's going to be very hard to get the, Miami and the sort of yellowtail and veranda, <laughs> Ferdando, whatever you call it, <laughs> crowd, <laughs> crowd to, <laughs> to, to, to buy. So, so what's, so what's funny is like, I butcher all the French crazy words and you're butchering the easiest words ever. <laughs> so who would I sell this to? What if C-A-T really spelled dog? Dog. Uh, Floyd, Verdana, <laughs> oh Verdana, you and then a, I said, if you let a mouse out, <laughs> <laughs> if a mouse goes inside a house, does it? It's like it's. I think that if I was to sell this wine to somebody, this wine has to be sold, and I think any higher end Pinots need to be sold a different way to people. You're not going to get the Miami drinkers to go into this. You're not going to get the um verdana the josh these people will not graduate to this this is like the, you're talking to people that are in the in single a if we're looking at like baseball josh those people and those people that drink verdana and all those those are like that's the that's the minor leagues that's a class right mm-hmm. you can't go from a class all the way up to like you know double a or tri- I mean, sorry, triple A. You can't do it, right? It you need that jump from single A to double A. That's the natural process. You can't tell those people, "Hey, man, try this. You're gonna love it. It's thirty dollars more. You'll love it. Forty dollars more. You'll you'll enjoy it." This wine is more of a curated wine, right? It's more of like Aaron was at my store. Aaron is gonna sit there, and the customer that's gonna say, "You know what? I've had Miami. I've had Sketchbook. I've had you know Macrosti. I've had these wines you have here." I just want to try something totally different. And I had, uh, you know what, that wine you recommended to me last time that you don't sell here anymore. I want something like that. And I, you know what? I'll spend up to 60 bucks because I just love Pinot Noirs. I want something different. Those I, people that appreciate, I would sell it to them. I would call this a gift wine because the I would say this appeals to two different people. The people that want to break from Burgundy wine who are used to spending $80 or more on Burgundy wine, let's say, listen, you know, I don't need to get a Burgundy, but sell me something that's really, really interesting, really curious. And I'll be like, yo, for 20, 30 bucks less, you can get something called Ken Wright. It's domestic, right? It doesn't appeal to your fancy French bullshit, but it's 20, 30 bucks less and it's a high quality domestic Pinot. That's one kind of people I would choose I agree to sell to. Okay. I agree with that. Definitely. The second would be the people who say, listen, my buddy is turning 30, 40, whatever, or it's a Christmas gift. I need a gift under a hundred dollars. That's going to impress the label on these fucking bottles. It's almost like they made it into art pieces. Remember when I was obsessed with it when you brought it in the store and I was like, yo, yeah. I think that these bottles, like you almost want to collect it like you collect Game of Thrones whiskey. Like yeah. it's it's exactly. it's a series. And you want to say, listen, I tried all of them. It's like Pokemon. Gotta get them all. Gotta gotta yeah. catch them all. <laughs> gotta catch them all. <laughs> gotta, gotta get all the Ken Wrights. This one uh, specifically Latchkey. It's a double door opening with a like a crow or a bird looking out. Yeah, like a raven over o- over vineyards. But it the the artwork it's not tacky artwork, and it's not like this masterpiece artwork either. It's almost like a blend between uh, pop art cartoons and God. I don't even know what you. It's 
gorgeous the illustration and it's the, like a, it's like almost like edgar Allan poe kind of like these like edgar Allan poe like the crow kind of like these dark cartoon looking things like it's just like it has this dark kind of way of doing like the label i have that i brought home for the tanager has like a big hawk on the front and it's overlooking a vineyard and it just has like these you know these colors there's a picture out there of like the screaming man if people know who it is it's the man screaming and there's all these yeah. different colors in the back it has like that those kind of colors that kind of background so the artwork is totally cool so like if you got this as a gift which i agree if you got it as a gift man you'd be like holy cow wow this is a cool looking bottle i've never seen this i've never heard of it so you're absolutely right it's those people that don't want to spend that burgundy money right and you could get them something just as good domestically great gift for somebody that's like, oh my God, a great Pinot Noir. I wasn't expecting it. The bottle looks awesome. And it's true. It should have like these numbers on it, like Bland's, where it has the special, the letters on the bottom when you pop them, like yeah. how people collect the top. It should be like that because it, it would be cool. By the way, the artwork is done by David Burke Van. That's B-E-R-K-V-A-N. If you want to look up the artist, um, I'd encourage anybody listening to this episode to check out their website. Uh, I mean, Ken Wright, KenWrightSellers.com you're going to just kind of get your mind blown by the different kinds of wine bottles or wines in this series and the different types of flavors that just come out with each and every one of these. So yeah, uh, before we wrap up, do you have any closing thoughts, Floyd? No, man, I'm definitely like, you know, I would have people say, not people say, but people do. I would have them check out the website. Just look at the website and look at the descriptions for all of those wines that they have there and see the differences in all of what they're they're talking about, specifically about each of those wines. Go out there, buy a bottle, stop by my store, buy a bottle, you know, definitely taste the difference. Graduate, take your, your game up a notch by trying something like this. And either agree or disagree with me and Aaron. You know, maybe Aaron is totally wrong when he said it's a five and a half. I, you know, maybe Floyd was right when he said it's a seven. It's your your chance to get out there and taste something totally different. But these wines are really good, different flavors, offer a lot of different things. But my final note would be, as I always say, man, get out there, try different wines, experience the game of wine. And definitely stop by. (laughs) I wouldn't cuvee these type of wines, but definitely come to the store Unwind Boutique and follow me on Instagram at Unwind Boutique and also at Salmon Summer Podcast. Follow me at The Chosen Vine. And please continue to listen to us and, you know, follow us and stay up to date on anything we're doing in terms of the podcast and at the store. Have a great night. Have a great night.